This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. Hey guys, this is Tweety. You can follow Fish Out of Water podcast on Twitter at FooPod, F-O-O-W-P-O-D, or on Facebook at facebook.com backslash fish out of water podcast. Thanks guys. Enjoy the episode. Uh, uh, uh. Check it, you are now tuned in to Fish at the Water Where comedians learn from forerunners and give honor Tweety and Jeremiah mix it up like honor bombers Making sure everybody leaves educated like scholars This is Fish Shadow Water This is Fish Shadow Water Hey everybody, welcome to Fish Out of Water I'm Ryan, like last week I was gone This week, Jeremiah is, uh, he's not here I don't know why I mean, I know why, but we're not going to get into it. It doesn't matter. He's, like, doing other things. Um, but today we have a very special guest. He's a sketch comedian. He's written for Funny or Die. He's a contributing writer for Prairie Home Companion. He's been on so many house teams. Uh, DJ Fawcett, Handsome Dan, Mr. Worm. He's currently on Haymaker at the Pack Theater. He's a writer and co-creator of After Buzz, which is a science fiction podcast. Did I, get, did I get everything it's, right? Uh, it's, uh, it's Sci-Fi Weekly at uh, at the AfterBuzz TV, or actually, actually, it's at Popcorn Talk, is the network. the The name of the show is Sci-Fi Weekly. Oh, the name of the show is Sci-Fi. I was so close. And the net the network is Popcorn Talk. Yeah, I was so close. You were you were real close. <laughs> I gave you the wrong network. Um, you heard his voice now. Yeah, it's Mr. Jesse Klein. Hey everyone, how's it going? So how you doing, man? I- I'm doing good. It's uh. You know, today did a did a lot of work on a show at the Pack Theater, uh, and it's none of the fun work. Yeah, it's uh, it's all of the technical stuff, like trying to find like the right spots for songs and stuff like that. Yeah, and, just, and like what slide goes where. Yeah, that's like the I always hate the. Do you get to do the powerpoints and stuff there? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate that shit. Yeah, it's a uh, it's the Pack is interesting because uh, uh, the tech is part of a volunteer program where uh. Like for the most part, that's fine because it's like uh, improv shows. So it's lights down, lights up for the most part. Maybe you got a sound cue every once in a while. Right. But then if you've got a volunteer who's never done tech before and their first job is like a complicated sketch show, yeah, uh, it can kind of they there are like there are like sketch night regulars where like we pick them out and like make them go. But yeah. every once in a while, you'll get a volunteer who's never done tech before on the first night of sketch night. It's like, man, we worked a month on this show, and you're fucking it up. Yeah, you're really just it. fucking it up. It's like this. This is a thing that we've been working for for an entire month, and it takes you three seconds to fuck it up. Oh god, it's, it's just really frustrating. It, at yeah. IO, we have a guy. You might know him, Mike Besaw. Oh, I know Mikey Besaw. Yeah, yeah, and he, Florida. He, for, uh, yeah, he, dude, he's. The best tech. He's so good. He's so good. Yeah. And he was out of town for a while, and we had a couple uh, um, guests. Get, yeah, like yeah. guest guest guys doing it, and uh, and and they were great and all. But I write some complicated tech catches sometimes. Yeah. And uh, where they're running like, like you know, like every scene's like a like the ske- like the sketch is multi scene with music cues like every time the lights change. Yeah. And. Uh, and man, it was rough. And they kept playing like the wrong song, and they would just put play the music in the middle of the sketch for no reason, and then turn it off real Ooh, fast. Boy, that is that's really tough. Yeah. Uh, uh, last night, sketch night. Uh, the, in, the apparently the the tech interns showed up forty five minutes to te- late to tech rehearsal. Yeah. And so like a lot of the show was kind of screwed up, and it's interesting to see how teams handle it. Uh, because my team Haymaker, like when tech screws up, 
we'll stop a sketch and yell at the tech people in the middle of a sketch and then be like, we're going to restart it and you're going to do it fucking right this time or else we're going to come up there and fucking kick your ass <laughs> is, is basically our general the haymaker's general uh attitude is contempt for everyone including ourselves that's great so so when when tech fucks up like we'll just call it out instead of i don't know i feel like sometimes the audience like it's it's like a, it's an elephant in the room and the audience like realizes it and so instead of instead of like just letting it lie down there and it just be this thing that the audience is thinking about calling it out and restarting the sketch usually helps and doesn't yeah hurt. Yeah, that's really funny. Like that's ballsy. Yeah, I really like. So I've spent a little bit of time with the pack recently. I yeah. hadn't before. I've been there a few times. Uh, the energy is so different there. Like I feel like there's other theaters uh, that treat it almost like a like a god. Like the the sketch program is like this deity that everybody must worship. Yeah, and it's so like uh, revered. Yeah, and then I get to the pack and I like. Uh, people like it's not it's just a bit it's like everybody's taking it serious and doing the work they're doing yeah. good work but they're fucking around yeah uh yeah i think that's that's a lot of work that eric money penny and sam brown heather campbell put into just making sure that the sketch program you know the the motto at the pack theaters don't be boring and that's kind of the overarching theme with everything it's like you know what? As long as it's interesting and funny, then like fuck it, just put it on stage and see what happens. And uh, you know, Eric Moneypenny really instills that yeah. in, into the into the sketch program. And uh, you know, funny funny walks. I mean, funny walks, and it, it's just what works there. Yeah. Uh, Which it, is the way it should be, right? Yeah, I th I think that's the way it should be. I think. Uh, I think other theaters have good things to good things to show and good things to teach you about, but the Pack Theater, I in my experience, the goal of the Pack Theater sketch program is to instill behaviors and uh, and ideas to get you jobs. Basically, that's what they want. They want you to they want you to stand out and get into. A situation where if you're pitching sketches you've got your dynamite pitches ready to go and if they want 10 you've got 40 that's great and uh and that's that's my experience with it eric money penny is kind of a savant like he's just a genius when it comes to sketch and so to have that brain around is great heather heather campbell's a, a monster she's yeah. a straight up monster she's the and, funniest person ever born yeah and she makes it so simple like if you watch her improvise it's unlike any other improviser i've ever seen because she just makes the most funny choice and yeah. that's it she never thinks about like do i have to back up this choice do i have to justify it do i have to do any of it she just makes the most funny choice and lets that land and it's always it's always it always pays off yeah and she and that's kind of how she does sketch as well where it's just this breakneck pace and then you got sam brown who's like <laughs> out of eric and heather he's just like this laid-back guy who's just like there to kind of he's obi-wan kenobi just like he's there to guide you and let you find what makes you funny and then even on the character side you got jeff sloniker who's uh yeah. a tornado of energy mm -hmm. and like one of the best character actors in LA right now, and you've and yeah. you've studied everywhere, right? So you've yeah, studied I, UCB, Second City, IO, and the Pack. And those pack. are those are, and uh, and Groundlings. Okay, and Groundlings. Yeah. So that's the. I mean, that's 
the only one left is what Nerdist. Yeah, Nerdist is a bit new for me, so uh, I I haven't taken any classes there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what do you feel makes you sort of enjoy the? Because you spend most of your time at the pack now, yeah. Yeah. What makes you enjoy it the most? I uh, I think it is right now. It's so new, and it's so free that there is just this level of acceptance and just like go for it uh which i know is really vague so i'll make it specific but uh at other theaters it feels like there are a lot of layers that you have to go through in order to get your sketch on stage or get get your idea out and the pack theater right now and we were talking about this before is like if you got something funny to do they'll find a way to get it on that stage and it's right now just so many yeses yeah. Where in a in a city full of no's, right now the pack theater is just yeses. Which is and, yeah, that like in that for people that aren't that are listening that aren't from LA, like yeah. you get told no every day twenty times. Every day a lot of times. Yeah. yeah. And uh and right now the pack theater, it feels like uh when you hear people talk about like Second City in the nineteen sixties and seventies, it feels like you've got this like convergence of and like i'm on the older side i'm 30 i'm on the older side of like Mm -hmm. all of these young kids coming in who are super excited about doing sketch but you've got these convergence of uh of just like really excited comedy minds really trying to push the envelope trying to make things big and crazy and weird and that's it's not to say that that's not happening at the other theaters i'm it's just to say that's harder for those other theaters to say yes to those things I think there are sketches that happen at the Pack Theater and bit shows that happen at the Pack Theater that it's really difficult to get done at some of the other theaters. I remember when I first started doing improv and sketch in L.A., it was a lot easier to get stuff up at, like, UCB back then. Oh, yeah. Now it's, I mean, it's hard. Yeah, I mean, UCB has to, is now, it, they really have to worry about making money. And right. like that's that's not a negative thing at all. It's just they've opened up a second theater that costs a lot of money and is the size and, of a hospital. Yeah, and so like that 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 definitely factors into a lot of their decisions now. Uh, and uh, UCB is still very funny. I think everyone yeah. at UCB is great, but that's just it's just another layer that you have to get through. Where the pack theater, it's pay what you can. Like there's like no no charge to any of the shows. Uh, they rely on the classes for the money. I'm assuming they they rely on the classes for the money and uh, and the generosity of the people who come. I mean, some people come in and donate like one dollar per show. Uh, some people come in and donate ten dollars, and it all usually kind of evens out to make rent, which yeah. is which is great. Um, it's it's just kind of one of those things where what you're looking for like for for example there's a show at the pack theater called speed face which is one of my favorite shows in la cameron rice and eric Moneypenny run it and the premise of the show is you have uh you have like a group of 20 performers and they have a hundred seconds to do <laughs> something for you and that's it that's the premise of the show. It's hosted by Nick Gligger and John Palafaro. Nick Gligler plays a character called Dr. Timefuck. Uh, and uh, John Palafaro plays Speedface. And they have traveled through time and they found the funniest acts ever. And they, 
they have a hundred seconds to entertain you. So that either means like a really clever sketch that takes a hundred seconds. Saw Heather and Scout do a thing where uh, it's basically both of them play each other and there's one gun and it, the sketch ends the way it begins because it's a time travel thing, uh, which was really fun and That's clever cool. that they did in 100 seconds. It also means that there are stunt sh- stunt sketches, like a lot more stunt sketches or like gross-out sketches yeah. where it's like, yeah, you could never do that in a sketch show because it's just one note, which is just super gross and weird. Right. But for Speedface, like Leroy Patterson uh, – you know, uh, jumping shirtless on a bunch of tacks works because it's just a hundred seconds to really impress and get a reaction out of the audience. Um, and it's just one of those shows where it's like, I don't see that show anywhere else yeah. in LA. Uh, yeah, they used to have like the dirtiest sketch show in LA back in the day. Yeah, where oh, people would it, pull suckers out of their asses and and they they still have like Starfucker and like or not Starfucker, what is it called? Uh, celebrity Barf Machine. Yeah, Celebrity Barf Machine. And like there, it, it's not the same. I think Heather that... Campbell made a fake vagina that looked, if I remember, I think it was her, looked so real. Yeah, she stapled it together. I was in that sketch were with you? Heather and Scout, and I can confirm that those were real vaginas. Wait, what? Yeah, Heather and Scout stapled their actual vaginas on stage. Bullshit. I had I had a fake dick in it that I that I had like screws in it, but Heather and Scout legitimately stapled their vaginas. Yeah. Bullshit. No man, hundred percent real. That's insane. Hmm. Yeah, again, Heather is a mad person. Like she's insane. It's it's crazy. Uh like I just did they rehearse? Like no. No, it was it was live on stage their first their first reaction. They were drinking, they were sharing a bottle of vodka uh that was over like two thirds gone by the time that they got to the stapling point. Holy shit. Yeah. That I have like a newfound respect for them. I this guess, whole time I was like, man, those look so real. I guess not to be technical. They didn't staple their vaginas. They they stapled their vulvas. Okay. So if right. we're gonna be if we're gonna be medically technical, right, 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 they didn't right, right. get anything inside. Uh, <laughs> That's fucking bonkers, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, uh, Heather Heather's a real uh, inspiration uh, <laughs> for Speedface. One time. Uh, I I took two Cialis and Ben Parks broke a cinder block on my dick. Uh, that was for PatCon, the first PatCon. It's like Bob Odenkirk had performed like yeah, 20 minutes before. I saw that. I must <laughs> yeah. have left right before that, thank God. Yeah, for the speed phase for PatCon. Uh, yeah, Ben Parks is a friend who like uh, has like pharmaceutical hookups. He got me two Cialis and then broke a cinder block on my dick. Yeah. Uh, that was not fun. Don't do it out there, kids. I don't recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, crazy. I'm trying to think. I don't even have anything that comes close to that. I have no good stories like that. Yeah, I mean... That's the thing about uh, Speedface. The running joke about Speedface is that eventually it will lead to the first onstage death. Like, Like, it's just because for a while it was a escalation of... Uh, of tricks or uh, bits or t- or, or uh, 
stunts that people were doing. It's like the first speed face, Ben and I, Ben beat the shit out of me with a steel chair. Uh, and then in a speed face after he, uh, he caned me while I was doing a Michael Caine impression. <laughs> uh, and like whipped the shit out of my back, like bleeding from the caning marks and stuff like that. And like Jason Wayne Christian got, uh, got whipped with a cat of nine tails like just just speed face is insane like it is a show that is incredibly funny incredibly shocking but also like it's it's not it's not a good first sketch show to go to for sure it's for veteran sketch show watchers basically yeah yeah that's yeah for people that have seen so much sketch they're just like fucking do something different mm-hmm yeah I get that. I think that's where a lot of sketch, those kind of crazy ass bit shows stem from, is like just let's do something we haven't seen. Yeah, I mean, and I think there are some really fun, like one of my favorite like bit and character shows to do is uh, there's one called Bill and Ted's Excellent History Report, and it's a it's a show at the Pack Theater, and um, Jason K and uh, Eric. Um, oh man, why am I? I'm blanking on his name, and I'm really embarrassed. Uh, uh, because all I can think is Eric Moneypenny. I'm going to go to my phone yeah, right now. Yeah, Eric. I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, this is the most embarrassing thing. I only know like two Eric's in sketch comedy. Make sure you cut all of this out. Oh, I'm going to make it louder. Oh, no. Uh, Eric, echo ba- it. Eric Bauer. Eric uh, Bauer. Host it. You know what's funny? Yeah. Uh, I wonder if he's from Nebraska. There was a kid in my elementary school that was like super good at everything and super smart named Eric Bauer. I don't think he's from Nebraska. Okay. I think is he's he, like, super handsome and charming and just great at everything? Oh, uh, man, he's the most handsome and charming guy I know. <laughs> Am I saying that because I couldn't remember his name? <laughs> that might be why. Uh, uh, and it's and it's a uh, and the basically the premise is Bill and Ted have to pass their history class, so they're bringing people from history to come and do a character bit. And basically, it combines my two favorite things of doing research and doing comedy. Uh, so you get to do things where like, um, the first show I was Michael Collins, who was the third guy on Apollo 11 and, uh, no one ever talks about yeah. him. And, uh, like I just chose a character for him as kind of like the sad piece of shit. And, uh, it turned out like that's kind of true about his personality, but like, for instance, in 1977, uh, NASA did a heroes of the Apollo 11 tour and Neil and Buzz went to every college and like spoke in front of, or every major college and like spoke in front of them about like going to the moon. Uh, the way Michael Collins found out about it is he turned on his TV and he saw it was happening. No one told him that there was a Heroes of Apollo Eleven thing. Like that's so fucked up. He flew. He <laughs> flew the fucking thing to the moon. He was the he was the pilot. Like he was the guy in charge of <laughs> m- the most complicated things. He didn't get to go to the moon because they told him there was enough room on the lander, but there was enough room for like golf clubs and shit like that. Wait, he didn't get. It. He actually he stayed in orbit. <laughs> that's so fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man so he's just like a, he's i i i uh i mapped out like how far it is and how long it takes to get from here to the moon and i was like he's just like the worst uber driver like he drove them all the way to the moon and then stayed out and idled outside the moon and then drove them all the way back Damn. and he didn't get to go on the moon <laughs> how so wait only two people got on the moon 
Yeah, Neil and Buzz. That's it? Yeah. One small step, one giant leap. <laughs> right, but I assumed that, like, I assumed they had, like, a whole party. Like, a whole, like, no, 10, no. 15, 20 people. Like, they had to build a tent. No, God, no. Uh, the Not not the first time. I've On the other times, I'm sure they brought more people. How long were they on the moon? I don't I don't have those numbers <laughs> on the top of my head. I did research for this one thing and then that's and it. And now everybody assumes you're like no I'm a moon, moon guy. Yeah. yeah. But I've done I've done Michael Collins who he's not even the most famous Michael Collins. He went to the fucking moon and he's not the most famous Michael Collins. There's <laughs> a guy who was an IRA revolutionary in Ireland and he's more famous than Michael Collins. I thought Collins. you were going to say an IRA revolutionary like a guy that does like Roth IRAs really Yeah, there's well, a guy, the like, guy who invented shit. Roth IRAs. No, um and uh, after I did that show, there was someone who works for the Smithsonian came up to me and they said that was a great like representation. Is they said uh, when their job in the Smithsonian, one of their jobs was uh, on the anniversary of Apollo Eleven landing on the moon, they would call Neil, Buzz, and Michael and get statements from them, and to call Neil or Buzz. You had to like go through like five or six people representing them wow. uh, to call Michael Collins. You would just look up his phone number, and it would ring, and then it, and it would, he would pick it up and be like, "Hey, it's Mikey," and then you would just talk to Michael Collins. That's so <laughs> shitty. Yeah, that's like, I mean, like that's like being me at that point. Yeah, only you get to see what it's like in outer space. So I mean, that is the consolation prize. I mean. I think the people who care about it, they know who Michael Collins is, but everyone else just knows Neil and Buzz. Yeah. Like, that's it. Yeah. But anyway, it's a really fun show because you get to see all of these people do research and find like interesting points of view to portray these historical characters. It's like I've done Elvis. I've done uh, Keith Moon, uh, Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, You'd make a great Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, Edgar Allan Poe was a lot of fun, uh, mostly because no one. When you look up what his accent was, no one knows because he's he's from like he was born in the states, but then lived in England for a while. And then he's from and, Boston, right? Uh, well, I think he was from he was born in Virginia, and then moved and then grew up in England for a little bit, and then came back and was in Baltimore. Or Baltimore is what I'm thinking of. Baltimore, uh, yeah, not Boston. But it was Baltimore. only in Baltimore for a very, like, not a small amount, but, like, the end of his life. Um, and then he died mysteriously. Like, people don't don't know really Dave, know. Some people think he didn't die, right? Because, like. Uh, <laughs> some people think, he, yeah. I mean, he didn't die then. Yeah. Obviously, he's dead now. He, he died He died mysteriously. Um, but, but yeah, I, I like that show because it's one of the fun shows where you get to interact with the audience and interact with the hosts and stuff like that. And you get to do research, which um, uh, I'm really nerdy and I, I love research. So like going and like finding all these interesting facts about people. Uh, yeah, you're the only person when we at, when I asked you to be on the show. First of all, you did this in like such short notice, which I really appreciate. Oh yeah, no problem, man. And then you're the only person that's ever asked. Do I need to prepare anything? <laughs> that was which I thought was interesting. Like it's yeah, no, I, you don't. But awesome that you asked. I like to be prepared, man. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing worse than like showing up and looking like an asshole. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so do you want to try to – so you brought something that I've he vaguely heard of before. Oh, like yeah. It's in my, my 
per, uh, peripheral. Is that the word I'm looking for? Yeah, your periphery. Yeah, periphery. Yeah. But it's uh, I've never actually done it. So what's this thing called? So this is from Heather Ann Campbell's class, and I hope she doesn't get angry at me for uh, for giving away one of her secrets. Uh, Heather Ann Campbell's class. If you ever can take it, you should. It is the best class I've ever taken. But she'll never teach again, right? She hates teaching. But it is it is so fucking good. I can't recommend it enough. Uh, your show is all about like the process of idea generation and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Her class is about that. She teaches you how to write 50 pitches a day if you want to and 10 sketches a day if you want to. Like, easily. Uh her whole thing is always be prepared, always have pitches ready to go, uh, have folders in your phone and just full of your pitches and have the folders be like Disney, FX, IFC, HBO, Comedy Central, ABC, Fox, and just have these pitch- these folders where you just put all of your pitches for like if someone from FX is like, oh, you're a comedian. Do you have any like funny ideas for a sketch show? You can go to your FX folder and have 30 pitches ready to go. And she's like, that's how that's how I've gotten jobs. Is people have been like, oh, do you have any ideas? And then she gets really excited and she opens her phone and she just rattles off 50 pitches for, you know, Fox or ABC or whatever. And that's her show is kind of trying to her class is trying to show you that it's bullshit that you don't have pitches ready to go whenever you sit down to write and that it's counterproductive to only write pitches when you're ready to write sketches that you should be writing pitches all the time and just have pitches upon pitches upon pitches. So um, this is one of those techniques that she teaches you. I usually, I usually try and write 10 pitches a day and three sketches a day. Wow. Uh, That's a lot. Uh, sometimes I do more, sometimes I do less, but it has made me a better sketch writer and also kind of the way Heather's theory is if you write 10 sketches, usually one or two of them are great and the rest are kind of bullshit. Right. So why not write 20 sketches and have four really good sketches and the rest sketches that you can rewrite and work on later. And, uh, and if you could write 20, write, not write 30 and have six good sketches, right. like that kind of thing. Uh, so that's kind of where her mentality comes from. And she writes – she's so fucking prolific. This could just be about her, and I, yeah, would, yeah, yeah. I would wax poetic. But, yeah, this is, a, this is a thing from her class, and it's called the Infinite Sketch Generator. Okay. And the idea – she came up with it – I think she was in – her story, she was in – England teaching sketch classes <laughs> and she came up with the idea of what if I could have a computer make sketches sketch pitches for me and so she tried to make kind of a matrixy algorithm that helps you choose sketch pitches okay uh, so it starts uh you write let's see it's one two three four five columns okay on a on a piece of paper. This is going to be visual, which is great for podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm doing uh, it as we go along. I'm doing yeah. it. So we're going to hopefully make this work. Yeah. Okay. I've got five columns. All right. And then you label on top of each column. Okay. Uh, the first the first label is profession. Okay. And so profession can be anything. That can be like father. That can be RoboCop. 
Okay. That can be like it can be anything. Like it'd be town drunk. Okay. Like it doesn't just have to be fireman or anything like right. that. Um, and the second one is location. Okay. Uh, and then location again, like doesn't have to be like a um, doesn't doesn't have to be bound by things like a submarine or a well. It could also be like the Middle Ages or oh, okay. or the future or anything like that. Okay. Uh, then verb. Okay. Then celebrity. And then a fictional character. So now you've kind of got these labels for your matrix, and just for the podcast to make it easy, let's write down five in each category. Okay. Uh, so right now we've got profession. We'll go every other. Okay. So you can you can come up with the first one. Okay, profession. Yeah. Um. Uh, Navy SEAL. Navy SEAL. All right. So we write down Navy SEAL. Okay. Um, and again, just to to show how broad profession is. Uh, I'm going to say uh, sister. Okay. Sister. I'm going to say, um, uh, 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 what's this, food, a food truck. Oh, food truck guy? Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, I will say uh, a mayor. Mayor. Okay. And then one more. Um, I'm going to say uh, uh, croquet. Cro- croquette croquet player okay so a professional croqueter yeah and then location uh and again it can be time or space okay it's doctor who rules here okay yeah uh 1981 great great <laughs> year guys disco yeah. was dead Everyone, yeah. everyone was doing good. Reagan was just Ooh, killing it. Reagan in <laughs> just doing great. Oh, he was so good. Um, I will say uh, this is one of my my favorite ones. Uh, a well. A well. Yeah. As in, like uh, the baby that fell down the well. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with the other kind of a well. Okay. Like inside of a well, like the animal. Yeah, a whale. A whale. Yeah. Uh. I will then say, um, let's say a bank. Okay, bank. And just because you said we could do places that are like, yeah, like like I'm gonna say uh, uh, Westeros. Great, yeah. Game of Thrones. Yeah, big Game of Thrones fan. All right, then a uh, verb. Ooh, uh, um, tickle. Great. Okay. Uh, uh, and instead of verb, I'm gonna change it to just. Let's change that to just a descriptor. Okay. because uh, this is one of my favorite ones. Uh, uh, which is too many. Oh, you like too many cooks? Well, uh, before even before too many cooks, I wrote a sketch called uh, "Too Many Princess Dianas." Oh uh, yeah. Which uh, like it's just it's. It's just one of those sketches where it's just weird and fun. Like there's a there's a show at the pack that's gonna be uh the Owen Wilson show and everyone on stage has to be playing Owen Wilson. Oh, that's great. Yeah, uh which is really silly and weird. I did uh Matthew McConaughey Herald before everybody did it. Yeah. 
And now, like, because we did, like, a 20-minute slot or 15-minute slot, and now there are, like, so many of them that they do, like, five-minute slots. Yeah. But uh, that everybody was Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Doing a, doing a Herald. It was stupid. Th- that sounds fantastic. Yeah. So any sort of descriptor. Okay. Yeah. Um, any sort of descriptor. Uh, man, this why is this so hard for me? So you can change tickled to ticklish. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, ticklish, too many, uh, uh, fast, fast, like, like a, like a yeah, fast, I don't know, fast. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, I'll say patriotic. Mm, that's a good one. Um, I'm going to say, uh, um, rank, like, like, uh, like smells, smells shitty. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Okay. All right, we are now onto a celebrity, and that's just famous people. Yeah, that's famous people. Okay, I'm gonna go with my favorite celebrity, celebrity Eminem. Eminem, great. I'll say uh, Michael Jordan. Okay. Um, I'll say uh, Andy Kaufman. <laughs> great. Uh, I'll say um, uh. Jean Benet Ramsey. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say uh, who's the sweat into the oldies guy? Sweat into the oldies? Yeah. I, I don't get the reference. Oh, there. really? Yeah. The old exercise. Uh. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, Gene. Gene. Is it Gene? It's not Gene Simmons because that's yeah, Kiss. yeah but it, Richard it's Simmons. Richard Simmons. Yeah. yeah. We got there eventually. Yeah, we got there. And now just fictional characters. Um, fictional characters that already exist. In yeah. The, that that are, we know of. That are in the zeitgeist. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, fictional characters that already exist in the zeitgeist. Yeah. Um, uh, what's that guy? Uh, John, uh, Saul Goodman. Great. Uh, I'll say Dracula. Oh, okay. So it can be like even kind of a vague one. Yeah. Um, I'll go with zombie. Oh, wait, that's too much like Dracula, though. Does that matter? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Okay, zombie. Uh, I'll say Harry Potter. Okay. And I'll say, uh, um, I don't know what it is about being put on the spot. It makes me feel, like, <laughs> super anxious, which yeah. makes my brain completely shut down. Nothing, nothing here has to be perfect. You can say, like, whoever, like... I don't know, Michael Jordan or whoever. Okay, I'll say uh, uh, Warren Moon. Great. Most people pro- – Warren Moon was a quarterback for the Houston Oilers in the <laughs> mid-'80s. He was <laughs> fucking the greatest. I was in Houston. There were a lot of Warren Moon shit around there. Uh, I was – like, being from Nebraska, like, yeah. obviously in yeah. my studio here, like, I have nothing but Husker stuff up. I yeah. was a bigger Houston Oilers fan than I am a Husker fan. Wow. Yeah. So now we have this list. Mm-hmm. And now all you have to do is just pair these things off. And it doesn't matter what category from where. Um, and you just go and pair them. And whatever the pairing is, you then have to write that sketch. Do you do it blindly? Uh, you just – so the way Heather does it is – so usually it's like 10 or 20. Right. And after you do your top 10, you write your bottom 10. 
because that's out of your comfort zone. That's not where your brain usually goes to. That's not that's not what you usually think of. Right. So like my brain thinks of like father in a well, and I think or that's really funny. We didn't do father. I know we did sister. Yeah. But my brain thinks of father in a well, and like how it'd be really funny if it was like. His fam, like he's still making his family do stuff, even though he's stuck in a well. Oh, that's funny. And like that, to me, that like is that's kind of a sketch that I would write. Where I usually write sketches, um, where it's like usually relationship based and like buffoonish guy, like male dominated sketches are my go to. So I try and stretch out and find like different characters because that's that's just my I can rattle off twenty of those if I have to. So I try and especially when I'm on a team that has like some really talented female actors. Like I try and go out of that range to try and help support them. So like, you know, a uh, sister in a bank, like I, I can think of maybe like uh like maybe a bank tellers uh, older sister comes in to bully him. Like, even though he's like in the middle of a right. bank transaction. So basically you just kind of, you just kind of look at him. Like there's no rhyme or reason to it. Like you can just be like, okay, I think it'd be funny to see. Well, a- on, on a separate piece of paper, you just write like, for instance, like, let's like Andy Kaufman in Westeros. Yeah. And then, and then that's what we see or, um, so that's basically your game. Yeah. You're, you're writing down like the premise of whatever the sketch will be. Okay. Uh, or, you know, like ticklish Dracula. Okay. And like what does that look like? Or, you know, um uh John Bonet Ramsey uh in nineteen eighty one. Like what or a whale. Like what's that look like? Or um, you know, rank Michael Jordan. Like <laughs> Like what? It, what? It, what does that look like? Where he's like the best basketball player in the world, <laughs> but, but he, he smells, smells like really shit. bad. Yeah. It's like people have trouble giving him compliments or anything like that. And then you just pair those off, and you use those to create ideas. Like I, I feel like I could write rank Michael Jordan. Yeah, or easily. Richard Simmons like doing a workout class for Navy SEALs. Yeah, like I feel, I feel like I could out of out of those. I think there are at least five or six oh there's so many like too many food trucks yeah i mean that's i'm from portland oregon that's a reality that, yeah. <laughs> yeah you if yeah. you go down to like uh they, what do they call it now silicon beach which i think is the most pretentious name <laughs> so pretentious uh it's everything is just food trucks down yeah there. yeah like there's I, no buildings anymore it's just a bunch of food trucks and that took us like what 10 minutes to do and while you're explaining it to me yeah you know what i'm saying and and you can get so many pitches out of that and so many ideas and and then you can cater it like you know if i'm writing something and i know i'm writing something that's like superhero themed then i can write down the names of like spider-man superman batman and then i can write down things where it's like where you wouldn't see spider-man where you wouldn't see batman like right all that you kind can of stuff. sort of adjust it for the yeah for your specifics it doesn't have to just be random stuff or like you know you wrote westeros if i'm writing for a game of thrones themed show i can write down you know different like you know king's landing right. or the reach or whatever and then and then I can write da- – and then I can then put, you know, Michael Jordan in King's Landing. And, like, what does that look like? Right. Like, is he really good at it? Is <laughs> he really bad at it? Like, what is that li- – is he just – is he upset that people pay more attention to the king than they do to Michael Jordan? Yeah. 
like when Jerry Sloan <laughs> got in the <laughs> Hall of Fame and Michael Jordan made it about himself. Uh, <laughs> like, what does that look like? Uh, and it's just something I don't use it all the time. Right. Um, it's something that I use sometimes. Especially I could see this I, really working if you have writer's block. Yeah, if you have writer's block, it's a great way to just see that there are ideas out there. I you know? Yeah, I, I'm, I wish I had this a week ago because I had to go in and I only had one decent pitch yeah. for my last sketch meeting. And I wish I would have had more. I mean, one's fine, but five or ten is better. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For me, I get to a level where it's like, like for instance, Haymaker's got a meeting on Monday, and it's been a while since I've written a uh, game show parody, and it's like I and I don't usually that's not usually my style. So, like I I know that like I'm gonna try and write a game show parody just because I haven't in a long time, and it's been a, a long time since I've written like a news parody. So I'm gonna do something with that as well. Uh, and I still write st- and uh, and I'm still saying like write you know three sketches that are in your wheelhouse. But also write three sketches that are outside and are stretches. Yeah. Because uh, sometimes those show you, those show you what kind of writer you are and what your limitations are, and then then you can go hard at that kind of limitation. Like, I think there's probably a game show in there that we could find out. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. well, 1981 alone just screams game show to me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Or like the Hollywood Squares, and on your Hollywood Squares are Eminem, Michael Jordan, Andy Kaufman, John Benet Ramsey, and Richard <laughs> Simmons. Yeah, that's an interesting mix of people. Yeah. Or oh wait, did I say Warren Moon is a fictional character? Yeah, he's it, not a fictional character. Nope, he's real. So this is Warren. So this is a different Warren. Moon. It's a guy from the moon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but just instead of like Jon Snow. Yeah. Up there, if you're a bastard, they just call you. Let your last name's Moon. Moon. Yeah. If you're from the moon, but yeah. Uh, it's it's one of those things where it's like it's not it's not the end all be all like still still consume media still you know get into riffs with your friends like still do all of the normal stuff you know find characters write for characters that kind of stuff but it is a thing that like if you're in a pickle like it, it'll it'll help out quite a bit for sure uh and like if you're doing a relationship sketch do have you ever done there's no it's a Tuesday. Uh-uh. Uh it's a it's an improv exercise where it's it's called it's a Tuesday and uh that's the first bit of an improv scene where someone just gives it's a Tuesday and the point is that it's a really bland there's nothing to it and then you just pick a really strong emotional response to it uh where uh like you could do furious, you could do like uh, apologetic, you could do patriotic, you could do like and sad or sa- yeah. Yeah, I always go like if I'm doing sad, then it's like weeping, right? Or like um, or melancholy or any of the any of those like strong emotions. You can go online and just look up an emotion list, and then and then you and then you just write that sketch, that improv ske- like scene as a sketch. Like I wrote a sketch called "We're Out of Mustard." Which it starts. It starts with the the woman saying we're out of mustard, and the guy being like, "Oh, I, I guess I ate it all," and then she just like, um, or it starts with the guy saying, "Huh, we're out of mustard. I, I guess I guess I ate it all," and then it 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 turns out that it's more about their relationship than about the fact that there isn't mustard, and right. it, it ended with Kristen Henley like asking to be spat on and like <laughs> throwing throwing breakaway dishes on the ground. 
and like saying like, is this what I am to you? Some woman that you can take their mustard from them. And like, uh-huh. not, and it's just like one of it's, it's hard to pitch those sketches, but uh, it's a good way to find like emotional stuff through it is the, it's a, today is a Tuesday or it's a Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, man, this really, I like this really a lot. It helps. It, it does. And it helps just kind of wire your brain to think right. of, think about pitches and premises. Like a lot of times, uh, a lot of times people write too far ahead before they get to the actual sketch. Right. Like a lot of times you're thinking about like, okay, what's the third and fourth beat before you even like decide you're biting on a premise. And it's like bite the premise first and see, and then expand and then and then make the beat. Sometimes I write backwards. Sometimes I write forwards. Yeah. Sometimes I'll find the third beat, and then I'll write the rest of the sketch to lead up to that beat. Um, and I think this exercise really helps you kind of get out of your like ditches that you have when you write sketch comedy. Yeah. Like, it helps. It helps you get out of that and find new ways of thinking about sketch comedy. Well, and I I don't write topical sketches. Uh-huh. I'm not a big. I'm not a big politics guy i'm not a big pay attention to anything outside of my own um head yeah you know uh kind of guy so like topical sketches are very hard i see how this could be an easy way to create some sort of a topical sketch because you could just list people you know like if this was four years ago you could literally just do like eminem is a mayor yeah and that's something funny or die would would dig Yeah, yeah yeah for sure you know, or I mean, yeah, this is great. I really dig this. I'm gonna do this a lot. Yeah, it's a it's a fun way to just see what your options are and yeah. see where your. Br- I mean, again, that that took us like ten minutes. Yeah, and that was with me telling, like, explaining it. Uh, you take twenty minutes and you get, you know, twenty ideas out there, and you start circling them, and you'll come up with a lot of pitches and a lot of ideas. Yeah. Yeah. That's great, man. So thanks. That's really awesome. I hope that helps other people as much as I think it's going to help me. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Um, so this is the part of uh, the show where we have uh, fans um, send in sketches. So this sketch awesome. came in from a gentleman from Portland. I'm going to huh? find his name that here. That is my hometown. Uh, it's not my hometown, but it is a great town. Shout out to Northeast Portland. They have uh, a lot of hobby beer there. Oh, yeah. Which I'm a big fan of. So this came from Josh Puderbaugh. Uh-huh. Puderbaugh. Puderbaugh. Oh, Curious Comedy. What's that? Uh, in his email, he says he's doing uh, stuff at Curious Comedy. Uh, oh, you know you know that place? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I Right before I moved out here, it started up, and uh, and it's a great place. I've seen some really funny stuff there. Yeah. Okay, great. So um, we'll read it. It's a, it looks like it's a two-person sketch all the way through. Excellent. Um, do you want to read Brian? Yeah, sure. I'll read Kyle, and then uh, yeah, let me. Ad- I'll read stage directions. Adjust can- adjustment noise. Adjust adjustment noise. Is that good? Yeah, that's. I good. can actually make it bigger too. I am brain. Okay. Yep. Your brain, and I'm kill. Okay. Great. Uh, okay. So interior. It's called uh, Church of EDM. Great. I don't know what EDM is. That's uh, electronic dance music? Yeah. Okay. I guess I do know what it is. Um, 
So interior church. Brian and Kyle are seated next to each other. Brian is wearing a neon tank top with a snapback hat that has a cross on it. Kyle is wearing dress pants, a dress shirt, and a blazer. Uh, you know, man, when you invited me to church with you, this was not what I was expecting. Kyle looks around in space, the space, noticing a laser light system behind a cross, and the sound of bass can be heard in the background. Sorry, bro. I should have explained how the church of EDM is different than a more traditional churches. Getting lit with the Lord every Sunday. I thought you said the church of Eden, but, but, I can, but, uh, but can see how I could have missed church of EDM with how loud the bass was when you called me last night. It was such a sick midnight raven praise. PJ Omnipotent dropped his latest worship, his house mix, and everyone was feeling, really feeling it. Uh, PJ Omnipotent? Oh, right. Forgot. You're new to the church of the EDM scene. PJ stands for priest jockey, like disc jockey, but more meaningful. The Lord blessed them with the gift to create some sick beats to drop on his flock. Come on, is that how you interpret what they are saying, or do other people in the church actually talk like that too? Haters are always going to hate, but it is they who should hate themselves, for they are not in VIP. The guest book of David remix number two. What do you have against J-Bro? Uh, please don't tell me that J-Bro is Jesus. J-Bro, JC Money, DJ JC. How did you even find out about this place? I was really feeling the MDMA and rolling super hard at Coachella and was drawn to their tent. I didn't know it then, but it was J-Bro bringing me home to praise his beats. PJ Omnipotent was there, and Sister Mary Jane was giving light shows. Uh, light shows? Have you ever been to a music festival? Oh, man. When you're rolling and someone gives you a light show, it's like going to space. But... Now, when it happens at the Church of EDM's music festival, Preachella, it's like going to see J-Bro. Uh, wait. So you go to a church-sponsored music festival, and you are encouraged to take MDMA? The government gave the Church of EDM permission to provide certain party enhancers to its members. The drugs are part of a religious ceremony, man. You know... They think Jesus was the first VIP of the Church of EDM and that he came up with the chemical to make up MDMA. Raves then were a way of uh, raves then were way different than raves today, but just as spiritual. That actually kind of makes sense. He was always talking about loving everyone, even his enemies. His dad also seemed to have unlimited power and resources to get him whatever he wanted. Don't forget about how he turned water into gray goose and cranberry juice with his dad's credit card when he bought a bottle service. I had my doubts initially, but now I'm very interested in joining the, joining the Church of EDM. What do I need to do? When the collection basket goes around, you'll have two options. The first option is general admission, which is only 50 bucks. But trust me, you want the $100 VIP package, which gives you access to the Bloody Mary bar. Damn, a Bloody Mary bar? Do they have those meat straws oh, and little cheeseburgers on a skewer? Oh yeah, it's totally worth $100. The VIP section on the rooftop has a great view of the city, and they make the best core revivers. Corpse Cor revivers? Corpse revivers. The collection basket comes around to Kyle, and he excitedly places $100 in the basket. 
Uh, he passes it to Brian, who does the same. They both receive a bright yellow WWJD wristbands that signify that they are VIP members, and they jump up and exit to go to the rooftop blackout. Great. Blackout. Blackout. Great job. Uh, awesome. Uh, what was his name, Josh? Uh, shit. God, good job. Josh. Yeah. Pooterbow. Pooterbaugh. From the City of Roses. Is that what they call it? Yeah. No. Oh. I thought that was uh, Pasadena. Is Pasadena also the City of Roses? That's where they have the Rose Bowl Parade. Yeah. The, I, I think there can be multiple Cities of Roses. I guess that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Or yeah. they call Hops Roses. Yeah. It, may be, it <laughs> might be the City of Hops now. <laughs> the City of Hops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, great. So, uh, oh, I'll bring it back. I'll bring the sketch back up now. Yeah. So now we just sort of uh, note it oh, as cool. we would... Uh, I'll kind of let you go first, and I'll sort of ask questions as I, you know. Yeah. Uh, number one, this is my fir- my favorite type of top of a sketch thing, where it's like you just have to get dirty explanation out of what what's going to happen, where we are, who these people are. Mm-hmm. So I love it. Was I love that? Like the entire game is set up in the first first yeah. line, where it's like, "Hey, man, I know you invited me to church with you, but this was not what I was <laughs> expecting." Yeah. Uh, is is really fun. Um, yeah, I think it's good. I think it just, uh, for me, my biggest note would be to just in that middle section, it gets a little fat, uh, with all the explanation about EDM and MDMA. And, uh, I would cut that down and I would add more people to it. Yeah. And, uh, it all feels like, um, it feels like the same beat. And I think you could enhance that by having the straight man get more emotionally uh, reactive to things. Like if people are taking drugs, instead of making uh, Kyle kind of like, oh, interesting, there are people, instead of making him kind of intellectually curious about it, like you could instead make him be like, what the fuck, dude? Like he's super. You're, You're doing drugs? You are valedictorian. Like you, I remember. I remember when you we were eighteen. You wouldn't even, or at your bar mitzvah, you wouldn't even have uh, Manischewitz wine. Like you, you n- and now you're doing MDMA. <laughs> like what the fuck are you doing, man? Like I think I think if you give Kyle kind of more of an emotional reaction to everything that's going on, uh, you then get that turn where he's on board. It's more uh, satisfactory. Right. Like if if it feels like he's not on board for most of it, that turn becomes more satisfactory. And he could even be like, "This feels like a scam, dude. Like, are you okay? Do I need to call your parents? Yeah, like that kind of thing." And then you can, then you have to do the work to kind of get Kyle on board, because for most of the sketch, it doesn't feel like he's not on board. Like right, it, like maybe make him religious. Make him religious, or just so it's so he's sort of like, well, this is this this is not what the scripture says, or do you mean just sort of make him be like, this is weird? I, I'm saying like in a two person sketch like this, where it's like one person's the crazy person and the other person is the normal person, like really make that crazy person work to explain things. So mm. like so like give it stakes, make it make it that Brian is here to save Kyle's soul. And like make him make him really want Kyle to join this church, and give Kyle reason to fight back. Make Brian work hard. Uh, for me, 
uh, Brian doesn't work hard enough in this. Right. Like it's it's more of a him just explaining what it is it instead of defending it. And defending is always more interesting than explaining. Yeah, that's a really good note. I've never yeah. heard it said like that. That's actually a really good note. Uh, also, it, a couple things like it feels almost like they're pitching a sketch to me as opposed to like being in a sketch. Yeah. Like see – rather than have him explain the stuff, like let's see the Bloody Mary bar. Let's see the little cheeseburgers on a skewer. Let's see uh, – the people tripping on MDMA. Yeah, yeah, like or or meet the the pastor, uh, or the PJ. Like let's let's meet them. Uh, have like have them get offered water and have them drink it. And he's like, oh man, I can't believe you drank all that MDMA. <laughs> and the Kyle could be like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah, he's like, yeah, that was that was a glass full of MDMA. <laughs> you were supposed to share that with like ten people, uh, <laughs> and you just drank that entire thing. Like like that kind of thing. Like make it more active. Uh, yeah, and that's then great. and then just work like make make Brian work like right now it just feels like uh, it feels like a corporate video where you're just like explaining like yeah. and here's where that is which would which could be a funny video sketch where it's just like a guy explaining like the church of MDMA uh, but like all of the specifics are really funny I love the turning water into gray goose and cranberry yeah. like that's really funny um I think it just needs it needs a little bit of tightening up, and it needs like you need to have have them earn it. Like yeah. make 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 Brian earn uh, earn Kyle turning and joining the church, and you know if it's if it's that open bar and VIP service that he likes, or maybe it's like the idea of like, hey Kyle, like I know you've been sad for a long time. And like, I know you just lost your job at Radio Shack. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, this is a place for you, man. Like, like make it, make him really like earn it and find a, find what brings Kyle into it as well. Right. Uh, uh. Yeah. Like, why is he there? Like, why is this the week he decided to go? Yeah. Well, th- yeah. That's the general thing. Like, why are we seeing this now? Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it's always why doesn't this person leave? Like, I like I like making a sketch where the straight person is always a half a second away from exiting the door and you've got it you've got to play that game of tug of, and uh, like give and go or like tug of war where it's like what what's the crazy person doing to keep that straight person in he, this crazy world because the crazier it gets the harder they have to try to keep them exactly. in because the more they're going to want to leave exactly because like if someone if someone came up to me and even if it was like my close friend and they're like hey man you got to spend $100 yeah. at this church like I, i'm super religious now you got to spend $100 at this church and we're going to do a bunch of drugs like i would be like hey no no thanks dude <laughs> yeah. and then i would leave yeah like, like i could I do drugs for cheaper at my own crib yeah. yeah and if like a friend guilted me into going to a church like uh then it would be like hey dude you said we were going to a church this is a fucking party i'm wearing khakis and like a button-up shirt because i don't know what to wear to a church (laughs) and like everyone's everyone's here in like feather like cherokee headdresses and thongs like yeah this is not what i expected like yeah the visual really needs to be sold i think because that's really funny people in headdresses and thongs or people just like i don't i mean People like are always giving each other back rubs on that shit. <laughs> it's yeah. fucking. Uh, and this is something. This is like my own personal pet peeve, and I think it is, is because I did it for so long. Sure. Um, that after changing it, it just helped me tremendously. Is 
so one these uh these are pretty long your um what's the word stage direction stage direction a little bit long you can probably after i write every time i write a sketch after i'm done writing it i go through and i get rid of every single word that i don't need and i'll go through it three or four times sometimes yeah. and just find every little word and i use a thing called the thumb rule which usually ends up being about three to four lines Anything that's longer than that, if you can't justify why it's longer than that, it should be trimmed down or yeah. broken up. So like like on the first page, you have the explanation I'll buy, but then you've got like Kyle's line is five, four. This one's like ten, four, like another one that's like eight. Like these can all be broken up. And by adding other characters, I think you can split up those so the pace yeah. will be faster. I, I love that beat. The We're just scrolling over, but the haters going to hate beat mm. I think is really funny. Like – uh. Like if it's if this is going to be a painting sketch where you're painting, uh, like dance music and like party culture onto church, like I would I would write if I was writing the sketch I would write a list of church specifics mm -hmm. and a list of uh, and a list of uh, party specifics and like go and find ways to make it heighten. Because that's, that's my big thing. If I was directing the sketch, I would say it feels like one beat the entire time. Mm -hmm. They're all really funny beats, but it never feels like it's heightening. Yeah, emotionally so, or premise-wise, really. Yeah, and and you got to find a way to, to add, some, add something so that the audience can keep wondering where this is going. Uh, and at a lot of sketch shows and a lot of sketch comedians, and I do it sometimes too, is like, You'll you'll come up with a premise that you think is really funny, and then you'll write the same beat three times. Right, and then you realize that you have to enhance those beats to give the give the audience something to see what we're building to. So like I like I like making it physical. I like seeing the stuff. Someone should could come up and be like, I totally see G J bro yeah. in you, man, and like want to feel his face. Yeah, like that kind of thing. Like uh. Like just just make it more active instead of kind of like a, a tour through, instead of making it a tour, make it a whirlwind. Like I want to, I want, I want Kyle to be on his heels the entire time. Uh, he, he feels too comfortable for me. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like all the specifics are super funny. <clears throat> yeah, like that's that's the thing that, like a lot of times, uh, I don't know how experienced you are, Josh. Uh, so I'm not going to like talk down to you or anything like that. But a lot of times sketch comedians and even like super experienced sketch comedians mm -hmm. will, will really get lazy on their specifics. Yeah. And, and that's where I'm all about efficiency of laughter and like trying to steal as many laughs from the audience as I can. Yeah. So like the difference between like the guys get out of their car or a guy says, get out of my car in dialogue. He says, get out of my car. The difference between get out of my car and get out of my 1999 Scion TC right. uh, is huge. Like, car is maybe funny, but, you know, 2002 Scion TC, that's a laugh line. And it's also going to let you in on the character without adding any, like, without yeah. adding length it's, to your sketch yeah it's a specific that you just get there so like the fact that josh has really nailed all these specifics is great right uh you know i don't know what draft this is because uh like we're not in on it yeah but you know you know always write long and then cut after mm -hmm. 
And I think that if you play those other things harder, like you were talking about, the give and take between Kyle and Brian, then the sub- subverting of expectation when he does like, okay, maybe I am into it, yeah. will hit harder and actually become a button because right now there's not really a button. This is like a slow fade sketch. I, I also kind of uh, – a I, I corpse revivers – uh, as oh. a core reviver, so I kind of I sat on it, but uh, that's true. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think I think I, you could come up with a a different uh, like like maybe a guy comes by and he's like in a hood and a thong and he's like handing out pacifiers and it's like who's that? And he's like oh, that's the Pope, <laughs> <laughs> like something yeah, like that. That's a great yeah. Like, uh, just like a big weird beat that you don't have to explain because it's the end of the sketch. sketch, Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I want to see who the Pope of MDMA church is. Like, what, who does the Pope look like? Yeah. Is it Kesha? Is Kesha the Pope of MDMA church? Like, (laughs) is she still relevant enough to make that (laughs) joke? Probably not. I feel old now. I think she just came out with a new song the other day. Okay, there we go. Kesha's back in, folks. She's back. I've got my thumb on pop culture. For like 30 more days, and then yeah, you got to change the reverence. you got to change the reverence, <laughs> yeah. Um, great. I don't know. Do you have anything else? No. I mean, just keep writing. Yeah. That's, that's my thing is like, uh, you know, I pro- I'm, I'm a pretty prolific writer, uh, and I would say probably 70% of the sketches I write are garbage. Uh, and then, you know, out of that, the remaining 30%, Half of them are okay, and then another quarter are good, and the other quarter are great. And it's just like, just keep writing and just keep finding it. And, you know, uh, just go for it. Like, try, try, yeah. try, and, try and be perfect, but accept that you're not. Right. And that's, that's the way it is. Yeah. But this is great. Yeah. Um, like so, it. oh, go ahead. Sorry. I, I was just saying, I was adding on. I like it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, so, Josh Puderbaugh, uh, thanks for sending that in. We really appreciate it. If you'd like, uh, rewrite it, send it back in, and we'll look at it again. Yeah. Why not? Um, uh, if anybody else that's listening wants to send in their sketch, it's send it to us at our email address, which is foopod, F-O-O-W-P-O-D, at gmail.com. .co.uk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not that Gmail. A uh, different Gmail. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And uh, so that's it, man. Awesome. We did it. Oh, thanks we for made a podcast. Me. Yeah. We we done did a podcast. This is this is number one of four podcasts I'm doing this weekend. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I'm the number one. Yeah. Cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, do you have anything you want to want to? Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Plug. Plug. There you go. Uh, I mean. Just uh no, I mean go to your local if you if you are serious about being a sketch comedian, go to your local sketch comedy shows, watch sketch, write sketch, go to classes, uh like find a group of people that you are inspired by and just create. Like that it it takes a while to figure that out, mm-hmm. but once you do something that becomes kind of difficult and not natural becomes easy. And when you've got that good group uh, be tough with them and stick it through. Like, be stubborn. 
because it's easy to break up. But yeah. it's difficult to I mean the midnight show here, they've been together for nine years crazy. doing sketch comedy, sold out shows for nine years at UCB. And it's like and the and it's not slowing down at all. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, find that group of people and fucking just stick with it. And have yeah. fun. I think that's like a big part. A lot of people yeah. forget they start treating it so precious. That's what I was trying to think of earlier. Oh, precious. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it, it just have fun. If you're not having fun, then what's the point? Yeah. Unless you're doing it for money. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're that, not having fun but you're doing it for money, just keep doing that. Yeah, keep doing that. But if you're yeah. not doing it for money and you're not having fun, then what the fuck what are, are you doing? What are you doing? You're just writing a yeah, novel. Yeah, come yeah. on, man. Um, uh, please follow us on Twitter at FooPod, F-O-O-W-P-O-D. I already spelled that once. Yeah. Uh, that's really it. And next week, uh, I believe we will have Jeremiah back. Oh, sweet. For there will be two hosts again. Nice. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I could plug, like, oh, if, yeah. if you want to find me on Twitter, you can find me at JessKlein1. That's J E S S K L E I N, the number one. Uh, I do a lot of shows at After Buzz TV. I'm their Marvel guy. So, oh, Agents cool. of S.H.I.E.L.D., any of their Netflix shows, uh, I'm, a, I'm a host for those shows. Uh, I think I. Uh, we're starting up Rick and Morty season three, so I'll be a host on that as well. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, and if you're in Los Angeles and you want to see good comedy come out to a Haymaker show, uh, I guarantee you you'll never have seen a sketch show quite like yeah. that before. Uh, the last show, we fed everyone Tommy's Burgers, and then we played a commercial halfway through of someone pooping on a Tommy's burger. Yeah. Uh, and pretty much gave everyone food poisoning. <laughs> I ate yeah. one of those burgers. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. I've never had one before. I've, I've still never had a Tommy's burger before. <laughs> but I didn't see the – I was in the – out. You know, out oh, front, you were out. So, so you I didn't, didn't get see, to see the, the shitting. Yeah. And so I come out eating, and everybody's like, "Why? how are you eating that? I was like, why? <laughs> what, what do I – should I not? What's going on? That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, oh, so we don't have a tagline for our show. Oh, great. So uh, we ask every guest to just sort of give us a tagline. So fish out of water. Oh, um, and that's the news. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks, man. <laughs> this has been a BoardWalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit BoardWalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.